1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Good morning to you. It is 732. And we were talking about this opportunity for fathers and daughters to come together and bless each other, spending time with one another, sharing the love. And uh, that is going to be happening tomorrow evening. And it's sponsored by Love Without Reason. And we're going to be speaking with the co-founder, Susan Matthews, right now. And uh, this is uh, an amazing organization that goes into different parts of the world and helps provide surgeries for uh, individuals who may otherwise not be able to to have specific uh, surgeries on their facial structures. And so good morning to you, Susan, and thanks so much for being here with us. Thank you so much. Good morning. Well, good morning, Susan. And I I just wanted to talk a little bit about the relationship that uh, dads have with their daughters and daughters have with their dads, because uh, as you've heard about what's happening in culture, it seems like there is a war against family. And I think, you know, I mean, as as a dad who's raised uh, two daughters, they're they're both grown now, but it was a very special thing for me to be a dad of a daughter and daddy daughter dances were so special for me. But there's a bond that happens and and this is the kind of event that can really be one of those anchor events uh, for a dad and a daughter. I agree with you completely. I mean, the, it's just, um, it's a special time. And it's watching these dads come in with their daughters. Uh, the joy in the atmosphere is just, it's just a priceless, a priceless thing to see. Yes, that that joy and that, that meaning. And it doesn't even have to be somebody's biological father. It can be a father figure, a mentor, a teacher. And so I love this idea. And we're seeing this kind of come back into our mm-hmm. culture, having these. Because I think for a few years, I, I wasn't hearing a lot about them. So it's really cool to offer this right as we head into Valentine's Day. Right. I, I love the I love the theme also. And um, it just, again, you know, it, it, even though it's a father-daughter dance, um, it is, like you said, you know, grandfathers and other father figures are involved. And, and mom gets involved sometimes, too, you know, to help getting the dress yeah. and dressing up. So it becomes a family event. Yeah, I love that, bringing families together. And so that by itself is a, a great reason to come out. But not only are you coming out to spend time with your dad or dad figure or your daughter, but this is also in support of this ministry, Love Without Reason. Tell us a little bit about this ministry and the impact you have on people around the world. 
Sure. Well, Love Without Reason was founded actually 16 years ago, and my husband and I started the organization because of the journey with our son, who was born with multiple craniofacial birth defects. Um, Philip is his name, and he lived for 19 years. He's with the Lord now, uh, mm-hmm. but he went through 25 surgeries. Um, mm-hmm. He, you know, had to struggle through, and and as parents, uh, we were also heartbroken. Um, ha- you know, even though we had every resource available to us, it was a, such a struggle to see him go through these surgeries. And but he overcame all the challenges. And what we understood is that children that are born like him. Um, in the developing nations um, or in places where there's just not enough resources, uh, it just makes them vulnerable. And that sets them up for just for a life of you know poverty or a, a vulnerability to human trafficking. And so then that's how we understood the link between craniofacial birth defects. And if we find them, find these children first, provide their surgeries, educate the parents on human trafficking, it can literally prevent them from a life of slavery. Okay, so we have oh, just, I, I'm just going to share, we've taken a little bit of a turn from mm-hmm. just uh, what you're thinking about. Yeah, we're going into Valentine's Day, father-daughter dance, but also uh, how that can really impact people around the world just by coming to an event like this to help support the ministry that you do. And uh, I, I'm just wondering, as, as I'm thinking about this again, as a dad with a daughter, to come to an event like this, not just to enjoy each other, but said, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to be praying for this this ministry, for this outreach, for people that need these surgeries around the world. And um, you're coming up on a milestone of surgeries. Tell us a little bit about that, Susan. Yes, sir. So we have, uh, we're about to cross the 1,000th surgery um, that we've provided in in five nations now. Yes, it's, it's, um, it has been a, a journey, I'm telling you, you know, and then just keeping on. You know, yeah. Um, even even after Philip went to be with the Lord. Oh. Um, but um, I'm just, you know, his dream was I want to work until the world is cleft free and no more are sold into slavery. Mm-hmm. And I know he's just rejoicing as, as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because this was his desire too to help bring freedom to other young people struggling with this. What are the five countries that you, you all have been to? So we have uh, patients that we have served in uh, Uganda, Kenya, in Zimbabwe, in different states within India, and then our human trafficking partner um, is in uh, Nepal. Uh-huh. Yes. And and coming up, you you guys are going back, right, to, um, to do another type of um, mission on this? Yes. Yes, in just two weeks we'll be uh, we'll be preparing for uh, the next cleft camp. It's in a rural part of India called Bihar. They have not had a cleft camp there in eighteen years. Mm. So you wow. can imagine we have already found adult patients who need cleft lip and palate surgery. People can get involved in and be a part of this in so many different ways. You know, you can come on a mission, you can volunteer, uh, whatever you want to do, or be a part of the dance. <laughs> 